We are down to the Elite Eight in the MLS playoffs, and things are about to get interesting. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always with me is Ivis Galarsep on the road. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? I'm uh, coming to you from uh, cloudy Seattle, where the action is going to kick off on Saturday night with the big uh, Derby rivalry playoff series, Seattle and Portland. And uh, I tell you what, there's so many good matchups in in the quarterfinals or the conference semifinal round but that's this seattle portland series it's just going to be electric and then you got other ones too we also like la galaxy third time meeting in five years new england back in the playoffs uh houston red bulls i mean they're yeah they're all going to be outstanding games i mean we'll obviously preview all those games i you know i am disappointed though you were in phoenix during your layover i asked if you wanted to <laughs> rage and you didn't respond to me so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm a little hurt well, uh, you weren't even awake by the time I landed because I tried to reach out to you, and uh, clearly, you, you know, you still you were still hungover from the night before. That's not true. Actually, I played uh, I played indoor soccer with the uh, local supporters group in Phoenix. We uh, we didn't we didn't do that good. What did you miss any penalties this time? Uh, no, that didn't happen. But I think we lost about seventeen to zero. <laughs> And Jesus. yeah, and I, I like, and I was the best on the team, and that's a problem if I'm the best on the team. So <laughs> I'm sure everyone's saying they were the best on the team. No, no, I mean, Ivis, it was. If anyone's, if any of those guys listen to the show, we all we all had a good time though. But uh, it was, it wasn't as good. I had to, I had to step it up at the uh, MLS Journalist Cup Day Ivis thing, where you and I are gonna have to play each other. Settle down. <laughs> all right, Ivis. Well, let's get into the games. As you said, you're up in Seattle to watch Sounders. Portland Timbers taking the rivalry to the playoffs. This is going to be great for MLS to have this exposure to see the fans. I'm, I'm assuming that the Sounders is going to be max capacity at the stadium. But this is an interesting game, though, Ivis, because the Sounders come in after defeating uh, the Colorado Rapids at home. Sounders kind of you know looking for some things, and they got some things. Eddie Johnson gets a goal, but coming out of the match, though, Spurning's not going to be available. A couple injuries, maybe DeAndre Yedlin. I mean, Brad Evans is going to have to go in there. I mean, Seattle's kind of... I don't want to say limping going into this game, but they have a few issues at home in this game that Portland was very happy about that happened to Seattle in that game against Colorado. Well, you know, it's interesting. Portland should be happy that Seattle played a really tough game on Wednesday. Uh, definitely that's going to be an edge that's, that, this, that the, the Timbers have is they're going to be coming into the first leg on Saturday fresh. Seattle has the, is going to have some tired legs. But, you know, when you look at the the, the, the players that you mentioned that, either won't play in the first leg or might not play in the first leg. It, it, it might not necessarily be the worst thing for Seattle. When you think about Michael Sperning and his form lately has not been good. You know, he's been mm-hmm. making some really uncharacteristic mistakes and, and really some blunders that make you wonder just where his head is and, you know, just whether he's the guy right now or, or whether you'd rather have a Marcus Hahnemann in there. Marcus Hahnemann, he's, an old, he's obviously older. He's the oldest, but I believe he's the oldest player in the league. He's not as quick as he used to be, but he's a veteran keeper. He can he can avoid those kind of mistakes and give you that steady presence. So that might actually be a blessing in disguise. As far as DeAndre Yedlin, you know, he gives you that dynamic option at right back. But at the same time, if he can't go and you have to play Brad Evans at right back, mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing the starting national team right back at right at right back. So it's not <laughs> it's not like they're struggling there. And with all the other, you know, with with all the options that Siggy Schmidt has in his attack. I mean, he's already probably going to have to leave somebody, someone, a quality player on the bench. So, if anything, if Yedlin can't, if Yedlin can't go, uh, Seattle, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine personnel-wise because you can put Evans at right back, and you still have enough weapons up top in the midfield 
to, to give you what you need. The question I have is, will they have enough in the tank to make full use of this home home field advantage in the first leg mm-hmm. to and beat a Portland team that's just been really tough the last month or so? I mean, they've been tough all season, but their their defense has really stepped it up lately and, and has been, become really, really stingy. So, uh, you know, for me, i got to give Portland the edge in this series. Everything's kind of in their favor, but it's still it's still going to be crazy on Saturday night in Century Lake. Well, you're right about Portland. I mean, Diego Valeri coming back, getting his form. Will Johnson coming back? That's the thing that's going to be interesting in this game is to see kind of the midfield battle. And, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with the Seattle Sounders. Ivis was that Clint Dempsey, Clint Dempsey playing more of an attacking midfielder role, and Alonzo being more of a holding mid, kind of more of a playing as like a number six. And I think that's going to be key in this game. And, and as you said, I mean, you wonder how much left he's going to have in the tank. I mean, because he was working his butt off against the Colorado Rapids. I think that's going to be the matchup to watch. And I think if Seattle at home can control the midfield with Alonzo and lead them to break, I think Seattle at home can stand a chance. And when you look at the matchups, Ivis, not, these teams don't give up many goals. Each team won one, lost one, and they drew. Well, well, I'll tell you what. While the results have improved even over the course of the season, if you look at the way the, the results have fallen out, uh, the Timbers have slowly taken control of the series, in my opinion. The first game... They played each other earlier in the year. Seattle had the advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won that game, and, and Portland gave them a real good test. But at that point, it was it seemed kind of clear then Seattle was a better team. And then obviously they tied. And then now this third meeting in Seattle, look, the Sounders were missing some players. It was in Portland. But the Timbers were just playing with a different level of confidence. That is why you have to give them the edge going into this match. That plus the fact that they're rested. Uh, I, I think you know that that's you know people complain about the the playoff format and there's definitely things you can complain about. But one of the good things about the late the new playoff format of the, the format we've had the last couple of years mm-hmm. is that the higher seeds have an advantage. The number one seed does get something for 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 finishing first in the conference. You get to be rested. You get to play your semifinal opponent in a, you know having have just played a game. So that's that's a definitive advantage. They have to take advantage of it. No excuses. Uh, I'm not saying that they have to come here and win in Seattle, but they should be able to play well enough to get a draw. If they get a draw, that puts all the pressure on the Sounders going back to Portland. I, I agree. I, I think for Portland, I, I think they'll they'll win the series as well. But I think for Seattle, and, and you mentioned that that third loss against Portland, Portland that zero to one loss. You know, for for Seattle, though, they were looking so bad going into that game in previous results, and that was a big kind of turning point. I don't want to say turning point for Seattle, but something that they could look back to and say, hey, we played well there. We got some momentum, silver lining. Then Dempsey scores in the final game. Now they beat Colorado. I mean, Seattle's looking for things, looking for things. So maybe they can look back on that result and say, hey, we played these guys tough last time on the road. Maybe we can get the result. Staying in the Western Conference, Ivis, Real Salt Lake, LA Galaxy, meeting for the third time in the last five years. RSL, the number two seed. LA Galaxy, the number three. First game is at the StubHub Center. You know, Ivis, I think most people are going to say the LA Galaxy in this series, but I'm going to say I think Real Salt Lake can pull it off. It's it's pretty wide open. Um, you know, obviously LA they're the two time defending champion. You have to say they're the favorites mm-hmm. to win it all going in. Uh, I, I wrote a piece for Gold.com handicapping the field, and as much as they had an up and down year, as much as the results weren't there like they have been, uh, now that they have Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, Mar Gonzalez is all ready to go. You have to you have to pick them. You have to say they're they're the favorite above all. And and that but that being said, Real Salt Lake 
has the quality to, to knock them off. They they have uh, their defense is really solid. Nick Romano's uh, you know was you know you can argue definitely is was the best goalkeeper in the league this year. Uh, they have those attacking threats with Javier Morales and Alvaro Sabarillo. They have the weapons. Ned Grabovoy having a career year, mm-hmm. uh, you could you could argue. So they have the weapons to, to do some damage and, and to keep Eli honest. But for me, I, I kind of I got to give LA the edge just because just because they're LA. Bruce Arena is Bruce Arena, and Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan, they just have such a good understanding. This LA team is not as strong as last year's LA team just because you can't lose David Beckham and, and Mike McGee uh, and and improve. <laughs> like, that's just not going to happen. But they still have so many weapons. Jassy Zardes is really coming to his own. Uh, the, the combo of Juninho and Marcelo Sarvis in midfield obviously gives them quite a bit. So it, it's a tough one. I, it really is a toss-up. It really is. But for me, mm-hmm. I, I, you have to go L.A. I think L.A.'s going to get it done. And, and if you go off their previous results, I guess, I mean, L.A. was really giving it to them. The first two meetings you can kind of look at and gloss. I mean, I, the first one, a lot of guys missing from that game. Second game was almost Gar- when Omar Garcia was in great form. The third game, though, I mean, Robbie Keane had a hat trick in 30 minutes, and that was, I believe, in August. So if you go off previous results, yeah, I mean, clearly you want to give the edge to the L.A. Galaxy. But I think for Real Salt Lake going into this, four-match unbeaten streak. And the biggest thing is Chris Schuler, where I haven't – I've. I guess I haven't been as high on Chris Schuler as as maybe some other people. I, I know you, I've disliked him as, as a player going into the season, but I mean he's been big for RSL this year. He's been in their last four games coming back from an injury, and when RSL when he starts, Ivis RSL average goals against one goal every ninety six minutes. So that's going to be big for Chris Schuler. And I think if you can get an RSL shown that they're doing like a four three three formation, I think if you can get a goal for RSL, opening goal with Sabarillo, someone else, maybe Joao Plata, I think RSL can maybe switch that four three three that they've been doing with Kyle Beckerman, Jordan Alvarez. I don't know, man. I, I think RSL, if they can go on the road, get a victory, I think second game for sure they'll win it and move on. What a surprise. Garrett picks Real Salt Lake. I'm not even going to say it. Let's move on. I made a compelling <laughs> argument. I just... Nice. Did you did you come up with that yourself, or did the the the, the higher powers over at RSL HQ mail you some talking points? Uh, you know, they, they every <laughs> yeah every day they send me a uh, <clears throat> hey Garrett, if you can drop this on the show, the be, manifesto be, like be greatly it, appreciated. I, I'll tell you what, Greg, Chris Schuler. You mentioned Chris Schuler. Listen, I've been a big fan of his game for a while, and obviously the injuries have kept him from really uh, blossoming and really being an elite center back in this league. But he has all the qualities, and I think we've seen it now the last few weeks, him show those qualities that make you think that, you know, hey, this he could be one of the best in the league when, he, when, he's, when he's on his game. And mm-hmm. if he's playing at that level, then yes, Real Salt Lake can close the gap. They can cause problems for Robbie Keane and, 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 and Landon Donovan. But even with that, I mean, when, Landon, when Donovan and Keane are playing together well and they're clicking, they're clicking, and Jossie's artist is doing his thing. It's it's tough to deal with. It's really tough to deal. With. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. But I, you know, I got to go with the champs for at least for the semis. I know it, it, it's it's. I know this one could go either way. It's it's going to be fun. I mean, it's yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going over to the Eastern Conference. Your New York Red Bulls are going to be taking <laughs> on the Houston Dynamo. New York has uh, beaten the Houston Dynamo in all three meetings this year. Uh, first one two zero four one and the three zero thrashing. The biggest thing is New York beat them twice on the road in Houston. First game of this series. Guess where it is, Ivis? In Houston. Did the Dynamo have any chance, or are just the Red Bulls going to go in there and thrash them again? No, they definitely will not go in there and thrash them again. I mean, it, it, anyone anyone who looks at the regular season results and thinks that's going to just automatically play out just doesn't understand MLS. 
The playoffs are the playoffs, regular season, regular season. And that is no that that is especially the case when you talk about the Houston Dynamo. Uh they they have shown through the years that they'll step it up in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And it's a different time of year for them. That being said, they have shown vulnerability on the road. I mean, vulnerability at home that they haven't shown in years past. This year, uh, they had some really rough patches where they 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 just they were just terrible. There's no other way to say it. Dom Kinnear will tell it, tell it himself. The team was just awful for, for, for good stretches on multiple occasions this year. But when they are on, they can give anybody trouble because their defense is stingy. They, they're really good about closing down space, hitting you on the counter, get, getting Boney and Garcia, Brad Davis to find Will Bruin. Uh, Will Bruin has been struggling, uh, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. But now he comes out, he scores two goals in, in that first game, and that's it wakes up. You've, you've awakened the bear. You've awakened the dancing bear. And and now you know now they're 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 a real threat and uh, nothing against Red Bulls. Look, the Red Bulls are the favorite. As much as look, this I found this hilarious, right? So apparently the Red Bulls, Terry Henry and the like, are, are are saying no, we're the underdogs in this one. Like no one is buying that. Sorry, buddies, no one is buying that. The Red Bulls are absolutely the favorite. They they had the best record in the league all year. They they beat the they beat good teams all year. They are the favorites. They have the star power. They sh- they crushed the fire on the last game of the regular season. They are the informed mm-hmm. team. They are the favorite, no matter what they want to tell people. Now that said, Houston absolutely has a chance. The case of uh, you know them having a you know five percent chance to get past the, uh, the Red Bulls, they have a very good chance. But it all comes down you to give, that first. You, game. you gave them a five percent chance. No, I said it's they. It's not as if. Ah, uh, all right. I'm just making sure. Yeah, listen, man. Yeah, listen. So you know they they have a very good chance, and it all comes out of this first leg in Houston. Because, you know, the Red Bulls are obviously going to go into Houston with confidence. You know, they've been to BBVA Compass Stadium twice and blown them away. So they're going to come in with a little swagger. You know, they're going to walk in like, hey, this is our house. You know, we, we run this place now. So it's up, to, it's up to Houston to get the win there and really put the pressure on. Because if you're you – know, I know the Red Bulls showed a, a lot of character uh, winning – that last game against Chicago, but the playoffs are, you know, it's a different kind of pressure. If you, if they lose that first leg and they go over and they go to New York feeling that weight of having, having to win, having to turn it around, uh, that, you know, it, it could, it could, it could be a problem. And, and that Houston team is the kind of team that can, can absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, put their foot on your neck and just finish you off. Like the Chicago Fire just weren't that team. The Chicago Fire did not have that killer instinct. The Houston Dynamo, they have it. They've been to the final the last two years for a reason. So the Red Bulls, they're the favorites. But if they don't get the job done in the first game, they could be in trouble. But I think they will, though. And the thing is, you mentioned before that Houston just has a stingy defense, and and they do. But the problem is, is you wonder what type of Houston defense is going to show up—the one against Montreal or the one that got beat by the New York Red Bulls—and then also gave up a lot of chances to a DC United side that had nothing to play for. And I think that's the biggest thing is going to be the play of Corey Ash and the other mistakes that they made. I don't know. I, I just see New York's wing play from Johnny Steele, Lloyd Sam, just too much in this one, man. I, I just see New York going down there, two-zero win, easy, no questions asked. I think they're going to win the series. I don't think they're going to win the first leg easily. By no means are they going to win the first leg easily. If they win it at all, they'll win. It'll be a 1-0. It'll be a nail-biter. I think it's more likely to be a tie in the first leg if, if Houston doesn't win, the, win it outright. But I think the Red Bulls' second leg, they come in, they take care of business. I think the, they win the series, uh, but they could be in trouble if Houston has, it, has an impressive and, and confidence-building victory in that first leg. I agree, but I, I guess for me, it's the only way I see Houston coming away with anything is – 
is if Luis Robles makes a mistake, which he is sometimes prone to do. And we saw it last week against Chicago Fire. Mike McGee pounced on that for the opening goal. You know, his play sometimes. You, you, I like him. I think he's a good player, but makes mistakes, Ivis. Well, he hasn't made mistakes for several months now, but I mean, I guess he could make a mistake. But I, I think Houston can Houston can win, man. They can they they're dangerous on set pieces. Will Bruin, when he's on his game, he's a lot to deal with because he's big and mobile. He's and he's a very unique player. Uh, so you know, Hamas Olave is going to have to have his hands full. He's the kind of player who can neutralize Bruin. Uh, but it, it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be better than people think it will be. Because anyone looking just at the results of the regular season and thinks, "Oh, Red Bulls are going to blow them away," that's just you just don't you just don't understand I'm MLS playoffs. I'm looking at the matchups. I know well, Corey you know, Ash has not been playing well lately. Watch, he's going to get burned. He in played this game. well against Montreal. I don't know what you're talking about. He told me he was good. He was good against Montreal. So I mean. I, I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see Corey Ash having too much trouble. One game. I, I need more than one game. All right. I was moving on. The other matchup in the Eastern Conference. Spoiler alert from the Ivis Galarcep School. He says that New England Revolution is going to beat Sporting Kansas City. Isn't that right, Ivis? <laughs> I think everyone knows that's not true. <laughs> Especially people in New England, because I think I think it's already made the rounds up in New England that I have given the Revolution a one percent chance to win the whole thing. That's and, uh, that's. Where's, come on, Ivis, you can't give any love? Well, I'm just keeping it real. They're, they're a young team. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a really tough road to get to the final. I mean, they have, right away, they got to play supporting Kansas City, who, who a polished, experienced uh, team that's been through the battles of the playoffs. They know what it takes to win. Uh, so for New England, they just have to go through too much. You know, they, they, you know, they, I just don't see it. So they're a good team. This is a first step for them. This is learn. This is the year you learn. This is the year you get that that experience of that of the playoff pressure of the level of play of the of how different it is in the postseason. They're going to learn that, and that's the thing. They like you know the New York Red Bulls is an example. They they uh, are a team that you know the, they have a little. They have some playoff experience, but they have a veteran team. Like their team. Like their starting eleven is is veteran players who played in other parts of the world. New England has a young team. They they have guys who really haven't uh, been through this before. Diego Fagundes, Kellen Rowe, mm-hmm. Andrew Farrell, even an AJ Swords who hasn't been been in the playoffs. Lee Wynn. So, uh, Lee Wynn. I mean, Lee Wynn's been around the block a little. So I mean, he's well, looking at it, play playoff experience, very limited playoff experience for right. the team. But I mean, guys who have yeah. Guys, if you have experience playing in other parts of the world, that, I, I feel like that gives you a bit of an edge. But like the guys I mentioned are MLS kind of veterans, and but they haven't been in this playoff pressure. So, so it's going to be a learning experience for them. Uh, I just think Sporting Kansas City is too good. I think they, I, they're my pick to win it. I think, you know, LA is the favorite, but if Sporting Kansas City finds a forward to step up for them, Dom Dwyer, CJ Sapon, Claudio Beeler, Teal Bumbery, Sunni Saad. I mean, they have enough candidates, right? If one, just one of them can step up and be a regular goal scorer for them, mm. reliable goal scorer, they're going to win it all. That's just my opinion. But when you look at this uh, for New England, Ivis, what what can they do though? What would is it the play of Juan Agudelo? Does he need to be on point all game long to to get to the wing play for Diego Fagundes to go at someone like Chance Myers? Uh, what can New England do in this to to put up a fight? Because I mean, if you look at, I, I know you don't want to put any credit into or stock into previous matchups, but Sporting Kansas City did defeat New England three to zero on August 11th. So for New England, and the other thing is, think about this, Ivis. Sporting Kansas City hasn't given up a goal to New England in 502 minutes. What can New England do to find the back of the net? 
this is all I'm saying, folks. You know, when it would be, I don't know. I find it funny. I mean, I get it why some fans will take umbrage with the idea that they only have a one percent chance. There's a reason they have that number, and it's because no, they just haven't had success against Sporting Kansas City. They don't have that playoff uh, that playoff experience either. What they do have, though, mm-hmm. they have some nice attacking weapons, and maybe those young guys don't feel that pressure. Maybe those young guys come out there with nothing to lose and take it to Sporting KC. Find an early goal and then have fun. If they can do that, maybe then then you're, maybe it's different then. Because much like I said with Houston, New York, if you take care of business, the, the the funky thing about the playoffs format in MLS, and it's been like this for years now, is everyone you know the the te- the higher seeded teams, their advantage or 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 the benefit they get from being the higher seeded team is is playing the second game at home, and. And, it's, and it's, it's long been a question about whether that is even actually an advantage because what happens is if you have if you if you're the if you're the lower seed you have that first game at home you can put up that result that puts the pressure on the opponent and far and and I don't, I don't even know how many times now we've seen it where that lower seed gets the job done in the first leg puts the pressure on and then the higher seed uh, it just can't cope with the underdog bunkering in or, or, or just having to deal with that pressure of being behind. So, you know, th- that's what New England has to do. New England has to try to put up a big number. Uh, and it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, Sporting KC is the toughest defense in the league, best defense statistically in the league. They, it's been that for a while. This year it has not changed. I mean, they barely allow uh, shots on goal, let alone goals. So that's the thing. That's why it's so tough. But if New England can find some magic, if the Diego Fagundes and Lee Wynn and Kellen Rowe and Waganagadello, if that quartet can spin some magic uh, and put some and put some pressure on and break uh, Casey's defense down, of course they have a chance. But that's just easier said than done, my friend. Peter Vermees does a great job of organizing those guys and putting them in the right spots. They play team defense like no one else in the league. Uh, just all 11 players sque- squeezing the life out of opponents, and that's why I think they're going to win it all. Uh, the defense is Sporting Kansas City has given up 30 goals, New England 38. These are the top two defenses, I think, in the league, especially for New England. I was, uh, Jose Gonzalez, I think, is everyone's MLS Defender of the Year. I don't know who's calling this game, but that number I threw out that 502 minutes, you know someone's going to be like, oh, Sporting Kansas City now hasn't given up a goal in 520 minutes, and boom, New England will score like 30 seconds later. <laughs> They'll jinx it. I'm yeah, sure. watch, and everyone will, I don't, whoever's calling it, just don't bring up that number because if you jinx it, then everyone's going to go at you. Well, I'm sure New England's guys will call it then. <laughs> well, there it is. That's all for match. It was prediction time, Ivis. How do you see all the games going down? Well, we already broke out, broke down all the series, so I'll just give you the winners. Yes. In Eastern Conference, we're going to go Sporting Kansas City. I think they'll win handily. Uh, and the New York Red Bulls, uh, they're going to have a tough time. Uh, I think we could see a draw in the first leg, but then they come back and, and they handle uh, handle business in the second leg. Um, you know whether it could be one nil, two nil, after a tie in the first leg. And so I see those two teams going forward. And out west, uh, I'm gonna go Portland over Seattle uh, in a, in a tough one, but I think the Timbers get it done. And then uh, I have to go LA. I have to go LA, the defending champs, the knockoff Real Salt Lake, in, in, in what's gonna be a good, arguably could be the best soccer of the round. I think if you want to talk about a, a, a series that mm-hmm. you're going to see some attractive soccer, I think that's your best bet. Nice. That's a, that's a good pick, Ivis. I'll also go with Sporting Kansas City in the New York Red Bulls, and then I'll go with the Portland Timbers. Then I'll go with Real Salt Lake. Yes, boo, Garrett, uh, I understand. Okay, then I'll choose Timbers over Real Salt Lake 
New York over Sporting Kansas City. What do you say? Those aren't bad picks. I mean, I, I don't think, like I said, there's no. Unless... Stop it. What's your pick? Stop it. What's your pick? What, what are we talking about? The, the, we're talking about the final matchup here. Who you conference finals. Conference, conference finals. finals. Who do you, who um, you got? Well, I'm going to go Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I think Sporting Kansas City, New York is going to be a really good uh, matchup. Uh, it's going to be tightly contested. I just think Sporting Kansas City's defense, the Red Bulls, they, they, the Red Bulls do a great job of punishing mistakes. Of pouncing on uh, teams, just that you know, whether it's just not being positioned well. Uh, Sporting Kansas City doesn't give much of that up. They just don't give you that. So, barring Tigre Henry pulling some more magic out of his hat, uh, I just don't. I just, I just think Sporting Kansas City is going to win one. They're going to win the final. Uh, it's going to be a close two leg. It's two legs. They'll win by a goal. Um, it's it's too close to call, really. But I'll go. I'm going to go Sporting Kansas City. Uh, L.A. Portland. Uh, as we know, L.A. Uh, Portland's gotten the better of L.A. this year. Uh, Caleb Porter has gotten gotten the better of Bruce Arena, and, and we know they've had their their fun times uh, on the sidelines in some of those matchups. Um, but I tell you what, I think L.A. I think this is where. I don't even know. I don't, I, it's a, this one's such a toss-up. Come on, man! It's you can't go a, against your second home. Sky, uh, you know what? I, I'll tell you. What, I'll go LA. I think Portland. They did a good job against them in the, in the regular season, but I think in the playoffs, Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan. I think they. I think they step it up. I think Jaime Pinedo has a really big series in this one, and I, I think just that the poise that the Galaxy will have as a veteran group will give them will help them get through what will absolutely be a tough one in Jeldwen in that second leg because it's two-leg conference final. I think they'll take care of business at home and and then and then hold on in Jeldwen and then win that one. So based off your prediction, the SBI party will be in Kansas City, but based off my prediction, the SBI party will be in New York City. I, I think my prediction is pretty good, Ivis. So you said, who did you pick? You picked New York against who? New York, New York against Portland, and in that way, then we can settle the coach of the year debate. Look how easy that is. Parties <laughs> in New York City, coach of the year debate settled. Project X party at Ivis's house. I mean, that weekend is going to be pretty epic, <laughs> right there. So yeah, well, that that's convenient enough. I know, I know, Kansas City, LA isn't exactly a sexy pick. Uh, I know every people want to see New York in the final and have the final be in New York. I could absolutely see that. I could see. I could see New York, LA. I could see. I could see New York, Portland. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Um, Kansas City, LA. I want. I, I'm tempted to go Kansas City, Portland. I'm so tempted. Uh, when those two teams played in the regular season, it was arguably the game of the year. I mean, the the, the back and forth, the way those teams play. You know what? I, like, I'm ready to change my pick. I'm ready to say KC, Portland. But I'm not. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to say KC, LA. And then I'm going to pick Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, to finally get over that hump and win their first MLS Cup since 2000. I think New York is just destined, man. With everything, you're getting such good play out of guys that I mentioned before. Eric Alexander, um, Henri's playing great this year. I, I just think for New York, this is their year. Everyone's playing well. All your role players are having career years for you. I just, I just think this is it for man. I think New York is going to deliver it. It's possible. It's possible. Um, they they did it. They already broke the jinx of never having won yep. major silverware. Uh, I just think winning both, winning both, it seems it's a little, it's a little ambitious. It's a little ambitious. <laughs> Why I, not, I man? Go for the glory. Go for it all. It's just a, there's a lot of teams standing in their way, my man. And I, I don't know if 
I don't I don't see them beating Kansas City and LA. I know. Or Kansas City and Portland. I don't know. I conference, don't that, that conference final is gonna be very, very difficult to predict. Absolutely. All right, Ivis. Well, you know, as the matches go on, we'll uh, we'll obviously break everything down. We'll have a show on Sunday night, barring you're not on some flight going to another city for a matchup. Also, MLS related. You had an excellent long essay piece magazine uh, for Overlap. It's the uh, it's the uh, uh, digital magazine. Digital mag. Thank you. I was I was gonna say app, but digital magazine that MLS Soccer and Howler do together. And in the biggest secret in the history of the world, the story is on Caleb Porter. Ivis, I, I knew it was going to be on him, but I did read it, and it was a fabulous piece, and uh, I know you worked very, very hard on it. Uh, thanks, my man. Yes, for, for those who hadn't read it yet, uh, it, the magazine, it's Overlap Magazine. It's a, it's an, uh, it's a free digital magazine. You can, you can download it uh, for iPad or for, I, for your iPhone or for your Android. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a piece on Caleb Porter. It's a, pretty much everything you could want to know about Caleb Porter uh, condensed into one big magazine piece. Uh, I spent the past eight months working on it. Uh, took a few trips out to Portland and uh, really had a good chance to dig into his story and, and into his psyche and, and, and get a chance to talk to him. And, and he, he was really forthcoming with a lot of stuff about his his life, his background. And, and uh, for me, I think anyone who's a fan of Caleb Porter or anyone who's curious about Caleb Porter, you have to read the piece because it'll it'll tell you a lot, a lot about the guy. And he, you know, there's a reason that he's so successful and, and why he's just taking the league by storm. And I think the story does a good job of kind of laying it out. I know. I want to ask you. I want to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it yet. No, 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 you can ask me. You can ask me. What do you want to ask? Well, I mean, about? Yeah, talk about his success. I mean, it's amazing when, when you look at his career. It's to turn Akron into, into the powerhouse that they are. This quiet little school that 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 is still having a good year right now in the collegiate season. I mean, it's amazing to see just how he turned that program around. Portland. I mean, it's just the success that the guys had. Everything he touches has done well. Sands the U twenty threes. Well, that's that's the one, you know. That's the that was that one moment in his career, and uh, actually, at the end of the day, that might might end up making him probably already has helped make him a better coach. And as much as that was, a, you know, a failure on some levels, at the same time, when you look at the players that were on that team, the players he had a chance to work with, most of them, most almost all of them, ha- have gone on to, to to bigger things and better things, and, and to really improve. And, and and a lot of the one, a lot of the guys that I've talked to from that team have had nothing but great things to say about Porter and, 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 and the work that he did with them. So uh, I, I know that was a tough, tough blow for, for U.S. fans in general uh, uh, when, when that, that U.S. team didn't get to go to the Olympics. But, you know, things happen for a reason, and, and it's crazy to think that if they, if they do go to the Olympics, Caleb Porter is not the coach of the Portland Timbers right now. So it's just funny how things uh, shake out in life. It is funny. I guess this also com- confirms the uh, the story in your second family in Portland. I, I guess you really don't have one. <laughs> what? You know, because you you're, you know, you're out in Portland a lot. You know, there was a lot of gossip in the magazines that you, know, you <laughs> might have had a second family out there. But now that we all know you were working, <laughs> I guess. I mean... I'm in Philly a lot more than I'm in Portland, but I don't have a second family there either. See, you know? why do you, why do you have to start that? Because the magazines and the paparazzi are going to pick that up now. That's, that's just unwanted. My, unwanted that's, what, that's what my wife says when I go to Philly, like every other every other month or every month. So, nah. But there, yeah, there's only <laughs> one, one, one family is enough, my man, as, as any married guy can tell you. I know. Actually, I, I saw the pictures of your kids on Halloween, man. They look, they look good. I'm sure they got tons of candy. Yeah, they crushed it. Good for them. 
All right, Ivis. Well, that's enough Major League Soccer talk. We'll break down all the games on Sunday night and have a show on Monday morning for everyone. Moving over to the Americans abroad front, Julian Green was expected to join the U.S. men's national team uh, for the November friendlies in Europe, but all of a sudden, it seems like he's not going to join. What's the uh, what's the latest on that, Ivis? Well, it's uh, it's looking like he's not coming. He will not be going to the November camp. Basically, what it comes down to is, you know, he can't play in the friendlies, and I guess he just wasn't interested in coming just to train. Uh, and in order for him to play in the games, he would have had to have filed a one-time switch, and he's not ready to file a one-time switch and make that final decision just yet. You can't really blame him. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's fine with that. He, he's he wants to, you know, kind of keep the pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I I already hear the conspiracy theorists out there talking about, uh-oh, Germany's gotten to Julian Green. They've told him not to come and this and that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's a little much. I can understand where he's coming from and, and, and not wanting to, to, you know. He's an 18-year-old kid. He doesn't know what he wants yet. Well, that's true. But, you know, I'm sure he's got handlers and all that. Uh, I mean, I know his father. I know, I know his father. Why is that funny, man? All soccer, all pro, most big time pro soccer players have handlers. That's it just not, it makes like, me realize just like at 27, like, what am I doing with my life? And here's an 18 year old. kid. That's that a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> OK, so that is another show. Got to go get like Dr. Phil or somebody on that one. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Julian <laughs> Green. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, he's 18, you know, and, and, and there's no rush. And. I think Jurgen did the, you know, you, you understood why he did it because when it comes down to it, it's all a recruiting process. It's like, it, it, you know, you're trying to show him, you're trying to show this kid that you, you rate him, that you, you appreciate him, you want him in the fold. And, and, and Klinsman was able to do something that obviously the German Federation's not going to do. You know, the, the German nat- senior national team is not going to call in an 18 year old kid who doesn't even play or dress up for the, for the full uh, uh, first team for Bayern Munich. So, uh, that Klinsman saw an opportunity there. You can't knock it. You know he's tr- trying to court this kid because I think you know I, I wrote I wrote a piece for uh, for Gold.com about it and just about how this was more a long term play than anything. I know some people got all worked up and are like, oh, Julian Green could be in Brazil. He could be like Blind and Donovan was in 2002. And it, it's just how it is, man. They are there. Listen, folks, get off of the whole going crazy about any young kid who comes along. Everyone's looking for the golden child. It's like that old Eddie Murphy movie. Everyone thinks they're gonna find that kid that's gonna lead America to the World Cup and all this. Like, settle down. He's eighteen. He hasn't even played first team soccer yet on the club level. And you already want to put him on the World Cup team, get him on the field. Like, no, that's not what this is all about. It's about a talented young prospect with ties to the U.S. You want to get him attached to the U.S. Now, before before he does blow up, before he does become a player that you absolutely need on your team. I mean, it's it's preemptive is what it boils down to. Well, that's, I mean, I think, and, well, that's what good teams do, Ivis. They win now and plan for the future. And that's why Jurgen's been such a good coach is because that's what he's done, Ivis. He's winning now, planning for the future with young guys already. Aaron Johansson, John Brooks, Bobby Wood. I mean, I, I can go on with the list, but that's what good coaches, that's what good teams do. And it's healthy and refreshing to see Jurgen already preparing for the future of the U.S. Men's but National I, Team. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's knocking Klinsman for doing it. Uh, I, I, my whole point is just, like, well, take it well, easy. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Take, just take it easy with anointing the kid or even thinking the kid's going to be a factor anytime soon. He's not. He's not going to be a factor anytime soon. Is he going to be a factor in Brazil? It's highly unlikely. The U.S. team is a better team now 
than it's been. It's a deeper team than it's been. There are options. There are actually players who play first-team soccer in pretty decent leagues that you have as alternatives. They're like, they're like, settle it down, folks. If you want to talk about Julian Green, talk about Julian Green as, as someone for the Olympics for 2016 or for 2018. And even then, he's young, right? So that is the point. That's where you, this is where, that is where he projects. Um, so, okay, back to the whole point of, of, the, of him not coming in. You can understand why he doesn't want to rush into a decision. And you can't really blame him. Um, you'd like to hope that there comes a time when he can get into a camp, get to know the guys, and, and really get a sense for what uh, what could be for him. You know, And uh, there's still time there. I, I, don't, I, I think anyone worried that, oh, Germany's going to swoop in and cap him. And that's not happening either, folks. Because you know what? Just... It, as much as I absolutely don't see him being on the U.S. roster in Brazil, I no one on earth, including his own family, thinks Julian Green is going to be on the German World Cup team. So it, it, you know what? It, there's no real rush. You know, it'd be nice if he got cap tied this uh, as soon as possible, but there's still some time here. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, Steve Trundolo has suffered another setback, Ivis. This is uh, this is unfortunate for him as he was trying to recover and get his name back on the list of possible guys to go to Brazil. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, you don't want to say it's over, but it's it's just getting it to be a little monotonous. You know, and and you you want to it's not over yet. It's not like he had to have a major surgery or anything, but it's just a setback after setback, and you really have to wonder is is it. it is he at the point in his career and his, at his age where it, things are just not going to get better? And, and, you know, there's still time. You can't write him off yet. But I think, if anything, maybe now is the time to start saying, okay, maybe we shouldn't just assume that he's going to get over these things. And, and maybe now is the time to project the team without him. And then if he comes back, then it's a pleasant surprise. But for right now, you know, uh, Brad Evans is your guy right back. And, un, and t- unless and until – Timmy Chandler gets his gets it back into the fold, and and or, or other players step up. You know whether it's Eric Lehigh or if Michael Parkhurst goes on loan somewhere and, and, and gets or leaves uh, Augsburg and gets some regular playing time. Say he comes back to MLS as an example. So uh, it's time to move on from Chirondolo. And and you know what? If he comes back, great. But for right now, just the way things look, it's just but you're just better off not projecting him. Not. You know, holding your breath with every update. Just you know what? It's time to kind. Of, I think it's kind of time to move on. And and you know what? In the back of your mind, hope that it works out. But for right now, it's just uh, it's not looking good. Well, Ivis, that wraps up all the news for the SBI show today. You're going to be on the road quite often, so lots of people can see you on the Ivis tour of America and buy you tons <laughs> of Cosmopolitans and screwdrivers. So, uh, what's your schedule like for those who want to buy you your favorite drinks? Yeah, Cosmos and screwdrivers. Uh, I think enough. I think enough American soccer fans know my my drink of choice at this point. It is Jack and Coke. Uh, although maybe I should uh, try something a little. That's not less. what the that's not what the magazines are saying. The magazines. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I am in Seattle right now uh, for the first leg of Seattle Portland, and then I head down to L.A. on Sunday for Galaxy Real Salt Lake, which should which should be as I said, it's probably going to be the best soccer of the round. Uh, and then I head back to I head back home uh, for New York Houston second leg on Wednesday at Red Bull Arena, and then right back on the plane on Thursday morning heading out to Portland for what is going to have to be an epic second leg Sounders Timbers. I mean I can't wait that game. 
uh, it's going to be unbelievable because one way or the other, right? If either Portland's going to win, either Portland's going to beat Seattle, mm-hmm. and Gerald Wynn is going to just go insane, or Seattle's going to pull the upset, knock them off at home, and, and then the and the the traveling Sounder supporters are going to just just go crazy. Uh, so either way, it's going to be nuts. And then uh, and then after that, I am actually heading to Atlanta uh, for the first time. I haven't been to Atlanta before, but I am going to Atlanta. For the Soccer Bowl, which is the NASL final, uh, New York Cosmos against Atlanta Silverbacks. Cosmos looking for their uh, first uh, championship trophy since the you know the the early days, the NASL days of thirty years ago. Uh, so I'll be down there in Atlanta, and uh, I know I know FBI has a bunch of readers in Atlanta, so hopefully it'd be cool to get a chance to meet some of those uh, some of those readers who you know I never, like I said I've never been to Atlanta before. And I uh, also hoping to get uh, get to the bottom of the whole expansion MLS expansion thing uh, down, while I'm down there, uh, if I'm lucky. So uh, that's the plan. And then I'm back. I get back home, and then I'm taking a break. Uh, dude, I'm going to be in LA this weekend too, man. Are you really? Yeah, we should. Uh, we wait, should. Wait, wait, wait. All right, there we go. Gonna, we should. We gonna, should. We should rage. Uh, we're we're going to work that out. We're going to work that out. Not Although really. That's gonna Not really. I get in. I get in Saturday morning, then I leave Sunday like afternoon. Uh I get in Sunday afternoon. So. I know, so man. We're gonna miss each other. Can't, we can't. We can't spoil the 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 highly anticipated first meeting uh, for the hundredth hundredth show, which is gonna be at MLS Cup. Is that? Are we still on pace to have? We're the still show? on pace. We still have two show. We we still have a two show cushion. We we have two more shows we can miss. For those who, who didn't who didn't realize, or I'm sure many of you realized, we did not have our regular three show week we uh we were forced to, to just have two this week we have two shows more that we can kind of play with and, and not and you know for whatever reason that we have to cancel but we are on pace still to have show 100 at the mls cup final that's gonna be pretty epic man i'm looking forward to it whether it's kc or new york uh it's gonna i mean it's gonna be one of those two barring uh something absolutely crazy um or another houston run uh but it's uh it should be fun Oh man, I got to. And they, there will there will be there will be no Project X party at my house in if if New York's in the final. Just for the record, uh, but why it, not? It, it, it's just not gonna happen, dude. That be that be the stuff of legend. Like like your I'll children's you, children would talk about it. They'd be like, "Oh, do you hear about that sick party in 2013?" That, I will, I will make about. sure. I will make sure we're, we have a good spot for the party if it's in New York. Um, you know, I know my way. I know the area pretty well. Uh, I think we'll be able to work out a good place for the fight for for that part. Well, that will be good. Ivis, I know you just got to Seattle. You have tons to do in the city, so I'm going to let you go. Get this show up so everyone can listen to it. So uh, you have a good time, man. And uh, I'll talk to you when you're in L.A. and enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Appreciate all the support, all the questions, and everything you do for us. This is the SBS Show.